Well, we can finally say it. The Scoops Empire has a home, and now we are doing it at the Podcast Center at Scoops Incorporated. You you thought that, Martin Kilcoin, that we would have um, an empire, and it's not quite an empire, but it's slowly getting there. Look at this. He's got swag, folks. Coming to a store near you soon. He's got hats and shirts. We've got cables, microphones, even phones. People don't even have a phone anymore. No, I got phones. Uh, the Podcast Center will be able to go on the road. We're going to be able to do this uh, wherever we may be. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. This is where we're going to tape our stuff. This is probably where we're going to tape uh, Bernie and Panger for you. And and the umpire took a big step on Tuesday. Because so I'm at the Faroe Field. It's the uh, uh, yeah, the Missouri Introductory Press Conference. Missouri five Systems. After noon, <laughs> meaning 12.05 <laughs> on the Tiger Network. And while you wait, don't forget 1 800. Cat, cat paws. <laughs> That's I said the press conference was not official until Mike Kelly said that. But then in the Q and A, each reporter is supposed to say their name and their affiliation. That's right. So it goes around the room. You've Nate got Smith the, was there for scoops with Danny Mac. Well, you have the Post Dispatch and Kansas City Star, and then this young man said, "I'm here with scoops with Danny Mac." It's just like a CNN moment, okay? My man. Instead of ESPN or Fox Sports or CNN, it was simply. I think he even said he goes. I'm with uh, SDN. We're like, what? Scoops with Danny Mac. Oh, the SDN Empire. Got I it. I like that. SDN. Come blazing on the yeah. wall here. SDN. I really like that. Now, Lauren's taking pictures, and I'm wearing sweat a sweat a hoodie, yeah, you sweatpants. Look- I just took my dog to get cleaned, so I've got dog hair on me in your I- brand new this, studio. You, you look kind of thuggish. Thank you. That's the look I was you. going for. Um you know, last week we talked about that we were going to do a Rams review. Like well, a we Rams... were in the mailbag, I believe. We were knee deep into mail. Right. And then we said, we got a lot of mail, but we also need to get to the Rams. Right. And if you ever want to email uh, this particular podcast, dan at scoopswithdannymac.com. Dan at scoopswithdannymac.com. I also want to mention, by the way, Ted Simmons goes into the Hall of Fame and January 11th, the NCCS. We have a big night. Raise money for the National Children's Cancer Society. And we had already booked Ted, but now Ted is now a Hall of Famer with Ozzy. I'll be on stage. Mike Schilt will be there. Uh, should be a fun night. NCCS.org, one of the great sponsors this month on scoopswithdannymac.com. Um, but I wanted to make this solely about the Rams. Um, I, I have had so many people, I know you get this too, about what has happened since, why did it happen, and some of the backstories behind the St. Louis Rams. When I say St. Louis Rams, Martin Kilcoin, and, and your station was intimately involved with the Rams, having carried them for so many years, uh, what comes to mind when you think about it? Well, I think on the relationship that Fox 2 had, it was a good relationship. I mean, it, a lot of people watch, even when they were bad. And this is the misnomer with sports ratings, and you guys deal with it at Fox Midwest. Oh, the numbers are down, but they're still big numbers. Huge numbers. Yeah, and so... Well, I, that's what I, I... Let me just interject. They, they I said, shouldn't have brought that up. Well, it's they my said, fault, everybody. They said this last year. I, I, I read an article that said, well, numbers were down at Fox Sports Midwest, but they're still number one in baseball. Um, the numbers across the board were down, and we still were huge so is it relatively speaking we did pretty well anyway well, I i'm just glad you guys solved the merry-go-round in the booth because we had that well actually oh yeah i don't know if they did so anyway the relationship that fox and the rams it was a good one and my boss at the time spencer Koch, worked hard to get the most out of it because we were your quote home of the rams every game being on almost every game being on fox so on the whole it was a good relationship 
a lot of great people in that building. I think sometimes you and I get on a rant and we forget there were a lot of cool people, players. Great that came moments. There. Great times of, in St. Louis. There, there were, and they were too few and far between, but a lot of great relationships. Um, so the Ram era, and it ends up now being kind of a blip in history, but it was 21 years. And some of the bitterness as to how it ended. I'm not bitter at all. Dan's not bitter. <laughs> I'm just slightly bitter. Slightly. Then you've been upgraded. Yeah. This, the doctors have upgraded him to slightly I'm better. I'm DEFCON 4 now. I had one person email me and said the way they look at it, and granted, they're probably a more upbeat, positive person than you or I, but they said, hey, the least we did, it was a bad deal, but at least we got 21 years of NFL football that we wouldn't have otherwise had. I haven't heard that from too many people. Yeah, but at the expense of the taxpayers to build a building that uh, apparently wasn't suitable for the Rams. I right. mean, so it came in at an awfully big cost. No, I'm saying it's a it's a small segment that's okay. out there. Let's maybe just, it's just make sure. Maybe it's just Bill and Melville or whoever it was that emailed me. It may just be one person. But I think the bitterness of how it ended is still there. Rooting against the team, I don't really care. I don't pay attention that much. You know, if they win or lose. Right. You know, I, but I think... The lawsuit, and we sort of touched on this, I think, and this is where the mail really got heated up last week. We were knee-deep in the mailbag, and I think we ended up talking about the lawsuit because of the great piece written at ESPN.com. That sort of stoked the fires for everybody on, well, what? wait a minute, what? Yeah, they're gone, who cares? Oh, wait a minute, we might get some money out of this. Oh, wait a minute, it's not just us saying you screwed this up royally. It's other teams that are now kind yeah. of chiming in. So I think – we do need to kind of, quote, move on about certain things, but not when it comes to being wronged and wasting money. And it seems like the league and other teams are kind of all saying, now, what'd you do? Well, how did we get well, this? Well, you know why they're upset? Up? Because they're on the hook. And when other teams and other people get on the hook and money's involved, they say, now, how did this happen? And why did it happen? And did we do the right thing? I mean, on the surface, if you're an owner, you're dealing with so many different things, Right. You're dealing with your own team, your own community, your own employees, wins and losses. And they say, hey, by the way, everybody's going to make a ton of money and we're going to move this team at, at, you know, it's not going to don't worry about you and your your stuff is going to be fine. And we're going to screw this community in this city, in this region. But, hey, that's OK. You're going to get your check. And everybody goes, OK. But then all of a sudden, when you have a lawsuit coming and it's starting to affect the bottom line and the league and the league is getting awful publicity, what's going on. Now we got a problem, and that's what's starting to happen. Finally, I, I would say this too: there, another blessing in disguise was the Rams making it to the Super Bowl, because then for two weeks the eyes of the sports world, for the most part, were on the Rams. And then because of that, you were going to have what are people in St. Louis doing? What do they think about this? Oh, by the way, how, wait a minute, what? How did that happen? Wait a minute, let me read that relocation letter. Oh, that's terrible because most people didn't pay attention if you were outside of St. Louis. You don't care. You don't care. Team moves, you move on. But <clears throat> when it affected other people in the NFL, that's when you had your problem, and that's when the attention got put on the spotlight of Demoff and Kroenke and the disingenuous manner in which they left this town. And I think there are plenty of people in the know who will say – that it was a dog and pony show. Eric Grubman, who was in charge of, oh. in charge of the league's potential moves or relocation, I forget his title, but our old friend Joe Strauss referred to it as a dog and pony show. So on the stage at the then Peabody Opera House, I believe, 
we're all surrounded. Were you there that night? I was there that night and then went up and interviewed Eric Grubman from the league after. And I said, many have called it a dog and pony. He said, I don't do dog and pony shows, you know, whatever. But uh, I forget where I'm going with this now, but I think people that were watching it, even within the Rams building, said this is because, you know, we're gone. And people at the NFL Network said, they're gone. Terry Bradshaw said, sorry, guys, they're gone. Like so many people knew that it was yeah. the league's. It still had to get done, but it was the league's intention, and Stan had the money to pull it off. So, like, then why are we having a stadium committee? And I believe Peacock was even told by some people, you know, like, hey, this is a little late because, you know. And he's like, well, it's not too late. We still got it. What do you mean it's too late? But people at Rams Park were already of the mindset, we're gone, don't worry. We're doing inventory in the summer of 2015. So I think yeah. I think that the charade that went on and the money that was spent – a lot of just political wrangling, even to get judges to agree to last-minute deals. Remember trying to get the Amron to move the thing on the land? Like oh, just, yeah. Like, waste, like the NFL just sort of like was screwing with everybody, and I think that's why the lawsuit matters. So I, I, get, I did get an email uh, from – well, I got multiple emails um, about this podcast, and one was very, very passionate. It was Dustin – DeFranco, hopefully I'm saying that right, and he listens to your podcast with Bernie and Panger, love the stuff with Tony. He said he grew up in St. Louis, he's now living in Minnesota, and he said, I cannot help but un try to understand this. He said, you know, they, they used taxpayer money and it cost over a billion to build in Minnesota, and that's where this individual le uh, lives now. Um, my one question, Michelle Smallman of 101 had a conversation with Bernie Miklas on her podcast about Kroenke and Goodell calling him and telling him that the move was 100% false. Wouldn't that be evidence in the lawsuit? I, I can't answer that. I mean, that could be hearsay, I would imagine, or they could just deny it, and it's not on the record. Um, but to the bigger point, we all were being told those kind of things, and those are the kind of things that are being brought to light now, not just from Goodell or Demoff or Kroenke or – you know, I put a lot of jack in this market. I mean, give me a break. And and the disingenuous manner in which they did this and then shoved it in the city's face, that's the bigger issue I think that people have a problem with. I've been told by people, Martin, because they, they know how passionate I am, and I mean well-meaning people. Folks, uh, I think Dan is switching from slightly bitter. I've got him back to bitter, okay? The needle, absolutely. The needle has moved. Well, they, they would tell me, you know, you need to move on. And I, I would say, well— I understand where you're going with that, but I'm from here. I I've been born and raised here. I grew up in the city limits. I'm raising my family here. It's tough for me to move on. And with four kids and my oldest watching him cry the night they moved, only time I've ever seen him cry. Seriously, he was a baby. He cried, but that was it. Never cries. Um, and and we used to enjoy going down to those games. And now that that's been taken away from him or his kids for no apparent reason other than greed. And that's all I say. That bothers me, and that's why it's tough to move on. It's real tough for me. To yeah, move and on. I think it's an emotion that a lot of people had. Say, oh my God, I loved going, even if they weren't good. It was an experience. Absolutely, we, we love tailgating, whatever the experience was. None of that matters in the lawsuit. Those are the emotions of the city. But you could be a person who feels that way and say, wait, tell me more about this lawsuit, and get excited because it's not going to right or wrong. But at least the league that kind of just tramples cities and people is being sort of checked on all of this. And now there's, according to ESPN.com, and it's very believable, almost infighting where other teams are kind of annoyed with it. And say, wait a minute. 
And uh, by the way, Stan, you agreed to pay our legal fees. Remember when you signed that in Houston? And that's what that I was talking day? about earlier, yeah. Yeah, and it, but so he's in charge of all their legal fees, which is going to get really expensive. But then this lawsuit's going after the relocation fees, and I believe each team got 30 to $35 million. So now the teams are saying, okay, we don't have to pay these legal fees, but this is annoying. They're asking for my phone records from the summer of 2015. They, they don't like headaches. These people don't usually have to answer to anybody. So it's a headache. And then on top of the legal fees that Stan's paying, this money that the city and the county of St. Louis is asking for, hey, wait a minute, that's that's our money. So it's gotten, I think it's led to more infighting, and it's put the spotlight on them. Thank God ESPN.com did that in-depth piece. Those yeah. guys were working on it. Even the money quote and the money scene where Stan is at the coffee shop in Malibu and yelling yeah. at Goodell. And saying I have to step out because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm getting they loud. Said, the reporters said we had that as a piece for like two or three years and never never fit in one of our stories. So I was like, they, they have really been monitoring that story for a while. What do you think? I'm going to throw some names out at you and, and just give me what comes to mind or maybe a story when you think about it. But I'll start with Kevin Demoff. And Demoff would, would tell anybody, no, we're not leaving. It's it, it, There's no chance. And, of course, I went through his Twitter feed and made sure that people knew that it was disingenuous, and it was. Um, when you think of Kevin Demoff, what comes to mind? I've always called him Smithers because it's the Simpsons character to Mr. Burns, you know, kind of yeah. does the dirty work for the guy who's really in charge. Um, I think all along we wondered, you know, to be trusted is probably too strong from the early days when I was around him. He was sort of placed there. Bob Wallace, who'd been a longtime executive, I think quit more or less because he said, you know, I'm not going to let him run the building. I've been in the league for 30 years and the, and John Shaw, team president, knew Demoff's dad and kind of placed him in there. Um, I got along okay with him. There was our falling out was well before they left, and it really never changed. I was doing the preseason football, which Fox had the games, and it was a chance to do play-by-play, which I'd always wanted to do. Um, but preseason football is not exactly an easy thing to jump into and have. No, it's hard. The ninth receiver exactly. comes in and then the 10th receiver. And they're receiver. always changing guys in and out. Yeah. So it's very so tough it's, to keep up. So sort of a mess, but I was happy I got the chance to do it. And in the spring of 2011, now Spagnolo had been there for what, two years, I guess, and just kind of was slowly getting rid of longtime employees, which it does happen, but I thought it was happening too frequently. Like every, you know, Todd Hewitt got a lot of attention. He was the equipment manager. I knew they, Todd. They fired him. Yeah. Good Viani guy. Exactly. And then uh, Chief Lenza, who had been the security guy. It was just sort of like this idea that Spagnolo. what really bothered me is that he was given all this power. I'm like, win some games. Right. But then John Oswald, who was their travel coordinator, the nicest guy in the world, would do anything for the organization. Well, Spagnolo didn't really have a, a place for him. And so they told him, hey, next year, you know, you're not in charge of travel. You're not in charge... So he's like, okay, what should I do? And they didn't really give him much to do. And then a year later they said, well, you know, you're not really doing anything, so we don't need you. And I just thought it was cruel. And even people that worked in that building, and this is a really long answer, but this is to my Demoff relationship, on the radio that day, Frank Cusimano brings it up. And Frank doesn't throw daggers. Which part? The the firing of people? Or? So he brings up the John Oswald. Okay. And, he said, and this is probably like in the middle of March or April. It's yeah. not during the football season. Sure. And so it just kind of got me fired up, and we just kind of said, Good God, Spagnuolo, quit firing people, win some games. You know, we just went on this rant. So then I get a text that afternoon or evening. First of all, I went and told my boss, Spencer, I said, you're going to get a call from Demoff. He's not going to be happy about what we said. I'm sure it'll get back. Everything gets, you know, everything gets yeah. back to everybody. 
and he said, you were wrong. Spagnuolo didn't fire Oswald or all those people. I did. And he said, in the future, if you're going to trash Nam, paraphrasing loosely, but he said, if you're going to trash the coach and the GM, Billy Devaney, who I thought the two of them that were on a power trip, my Spags and Devaney, he said, in the future, if you're going to trash all these people, please include me. And I wrote back, will do. <laughs> and that was, and that was the, it. And that was it. So Spencer said, I don't think they're too happy with you. And to his credit, we went and had breakfast or lunch or something. I forget. First watch or something. Sponsor. And uh, potential sponsor. Yeah, we should get him. Edit that out. Yeah, go get so, go to Hot Shots and get the uh, the 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 burger and the egg sandwich. <laughs> thank but you. Go so ahead. we should have been. Well, he wasn't worth worth hot. He wasn't worthy of Hot Shots. How okay? about that? So we're how sitting, about it? So oh, this guy. So we're sitting there talking, and he said, "Listen, you know, the problem is you're the home of the Rams. You got the coaches' show, the preseason football, and then you're on the radio trashing us." And I said, "No, trashing this specific topic." Not about play calling or even, you know, it was about how people are being treated. Yeah. I said, I have a problem with that. And he said, we need, and if he were sitting there, he'd admit this conversation took place. He said, we really need more of a cheerleader. And he said, I like your humor <laughs> and I like your style, but that's not going to work if you're going to be closely affiliated with what we're doing. And It's a I, conflict of interest. You're said, the I, sports director of Channel 2. And I said, I can't be that. I said, I can't do that for you. I said, for four nights in August, I cannot just for the rest of the year not have opinions or rip things right. mock things or whatever i said i can't do that and at the time he said well we're kind of like the indianapolis colts and sam is going to be our Peyton." he said we're about to take off and this we got to have people on board like we said we're about to take off that was in the 20 going into 2011 i don't did they go two and 14 i think yeah. they went two because they started out oh i was thinking that they might go over <laughs> i can't remember the exact math but i think they went two and 14 and i and i was let go there's only time i've ever been fired i guess yeah. i wasn't they just didn't have me do the games anymore and uh there's no i mean andrew siciliano started doing the games and he's known kevin for a long time i just saw him in chicago i had no problem with him he's probably better than me it doesn't matter but that was the end really of me and him having a normal relationship was over those comments and i just said hey i i felt emancipated i'm like if you felt i should be a total cheerleader in the coaches shows you have to, you know, play footsie a little bit. You yeah. can't drill the guys. Although Fisher, to his credit, was ask me anything you want. But that was my Kevin. After that, it was all a little bit tense. How about Stan Kroenke? Almost no dealings on my end. He does have um, – these are just – I'll give him my opinions on these people, but my personal dealings. He has a PR guy named Tamago, and I would email him <laughs> – you know, twice a year. Hey, we'd love to. No, probably not going to happen this year. You know, thanks for checking in. Hey, we'd love to sit down with Stan. Hey, it's the Ram Station. And this is before things got how, how could he not visit with the team that, uh, you know, or the channel that's carrying the team or the network that's paying billions of dollars and, and try to at least connect with the fan base? I mean, if, if you and I said, let's get Bill DeWitt on the phone within the next hour, we'd have him. For Tom sure. Stillman, we'd have him. For sure. Carolyn Kendall Betts, Jim Cavanaugh, Tom Strunk, we'd have him. I mean, that's a done yeah. deal. I no, mean, and, and I think it also speaks to, especially as it got a little closer to potential sure, move. But, mo but moving also, away from it. But early on, like, how hard did you try? And, and granted, he's not a good talker, that's for sure. And the only time I think I talked to him for more than 10 seconds was in Foxborough. He took possession of the team in the summer of 2010. And we're in Foxborough. It was Bradford's first start as a, I guess, starting QB. And John Shaw, who never traveled – but was in Foxborough for a pre I said, John, what do you 
He's like, Martin, come here. Do you know Stan? And I said, not really. I said, I've tried to get to know him. And oh, Martin, come here. This is Stan. He's the full-time owner now because he had been yeah. through that process to replace Chip and Lucia. And he said, well, Mr. Shaw over here is he's the reason I'm in the league and I owe it all to Mr. Shaw. And, you know, yeah. Words that I've never forgotten because John ended up sideways with Oh, yeah. Cronky as well. Big time. And ended up being a Charger. He's always a Charger friend of the Spanos. Anyway, dealings with Stan directly never have uh, other than those minimal exchanges. And, but I think as an owner and my my colleague, Charlie Marlowe, has always said, the reason Cronky sucks is because he's an owner who wants to make it a business. And the guys who just want to win and have fun don't really look every month at the bottom line. At what point did you think, this is it, They're they're gone? I honestly... Because you were connected with people down there. Yeah, I honestly... I always thought there was still a chance. I, even though you heard... Everybody said they're gone, they're gone, they're even gone. Even going into to the, the, the final meeting. I think even going to Houston, I thought it was probably a long shot. That I was they told would, they had the votes to stay. Yeah. That the, there was the, the good majority of the owners did not want to go until Jerry Jones got involved, and then that was it. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was a long shot. And I had that from a re- reliable person. Yeah, I think I wasn't for – I mean, until it was official, I wasn't sure they were leaving, but I wasn't stunned that it happened the way it did in Houston, although it's really weird how it played out. And it's almost like the secret ballot was always their plan, like let's just get through this yeah. charade. And I remember interviewing Spanos in the lobby the night before, and I said, is there a scenario where you and Cronky could go? And he's like, no, 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 no. He said, we have the Carson Project, and that's all we care about is the Carson Project. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah. And yet they end up <laughs> end up bedfellows after all, which maybe they deserve each other. Absolutely. But uh, I, I kind of thought going down there, this is probably the end. we got to be ready. In fact, with my boss, Audrey Prywich, I said, I think we need two photographers. She said, well, why is that? I said, when this thing ends – I might need one down one hallway and me down another hallway yeah. and chasing people, literally, because if this goes down, it's a huge story. And to her credit, she said, sounds good. And we sent our two best guys, and we were chasing people, chasing them off. And you couldn't really get the stand. That's always the problem other yeah. than the press conference. But um, I just think Kroenke is a business. And people told me at Rams Park, he has a – and I don't know what's all you know, myth and what's reality, but they said he gets like a sheet every month. And it lists everything that he owns. You know, Rams is one piece of it. The winery's on there. Real estate. Soccer. Soccer. And so he gets you know, Colorado, all the yeah. teams there, even though he doesn't, quote, own them. Remember that shit? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was going to really jam him up, wasn't yeah. it? But he gets in it. And at the bottom of all of it, it doesn't say, hey, they're in first place in the Pacific Division. It says how much they made or lost that month. That's the spreadsheet he gets on all of his entities. And even though Jerry Jones, a terrible owner it's been proven in dallas good at making money i guarantee he looks at the standings first like are we in second place third place and sure i think we just got an owner who you know to his credit i guess helped bring him here but who just didn't really care about making it work here long term i know a lot of people that would be listening to this are saying all right what about san diego or not san diego the la chargers and we're hearing that they could be on the move or would the nfl say to this lawsuit look we'll we'll settle by relocating a team or giving you a team what do you hear about that most people have said if it's been mentioned it's been real like flipping like well we could just give them the charter you know right i don't think there's any real traction there but weirder things have happened i mean keep in mind in this league the colts and rams uh georgia's old husband and i'm thinking that the ursays own the rams 
and I'm forgetting uh, for uh, Rosenblum owned the Colts. They traded teams, right? So like, like, hey, I got the Colts. You got the. You want to trade? Oh, sure. I mean, as crazy as that sounds now, so anything's possible. But I, I don't think the league really, even though the lawsuits, you know, a nuisance. I don't think they really want to throw St. Louis a bone. I don't think, and I think they they want to be in San Diego desperately. They want to be in that market. They hate the fact it didn't work. Could they go back? It would have to be a billionaire that get rid of Spanos. He's more dis- – I think he might be more despised in San Diego than Kroenke is here. He might be because so of the longevity, still, the way that went down, the fact that he was trying to get public funds for his stadium. And they, it didn't they were work. real kind of brash about it. Like, you don't right. like it? We're out of here in San Diego. But the problem is like, in California, unless you have a Stan Kroenke that steps wants in. To and, fund it. it would and have to be somebody really wealthy funded. who says, I'm going to come in and make it right for San- – But so my point is I think the league would rather try and save the San Diego market than throw St. Louis a bone. I don't know if the appetite is there anymore for the NFL in this town. I, I don't know. I-, I think that fans would gravitate and go back to it, and there'd be support, but there'd always be that thing in the back of people's minds, when are they going to move? Or, or, or are we doing everything right? Is everything going okay? We're spending $1 down there saying it's still that same league. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a – and I don't think in our lifetime – I really don't think it's ever going to happen. Not in my lifetime it's not going to happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, you never say never, right? I mean, that's well, what I you – I guess never say never. But right. I don't. I don't think it's ever going to happen. If it did, it would be a fascinating study how many people say, hell no, because everybody says that. What do you think that. the appetite is from the casual fan? Well, I think there's still an appetite for the product. And I've always said, and we're all guilty of it, I mean, I I love some of the games. I mean, love the game, hate the league. And I've said that many times where the games on a Sunday, if it's snowing in St. Louis and Fox 2's got the Packers hosting the Eagles, yeah, I'm probably going to watch that game, which probably makes me a hypocrite for all the times we're mad at the NFL. So I think people still have an interest, but in terms of, like, supporting it or – if it would be a fascinating study, if even if we just had one game, like let's say next year, hey St. Louis, you're hosting the yes. such and such classic, and it's going to be the Bears and Chiefs at the Dome, and come on down. Now, would Bears fans and Chiefs fans show up? Probably a bad example. Yes, but St. Louis fans, <clears throat> if you had a team, I think it'd be tough to get everybody back. I, I remember when the Cardinals left. Uh, I used to go to those games on Sundays, and uh, I think. They, there was like some exhibitions between the the Cardinals, if memory serves correct, and the Rams. And I remember going down to Bush Stadium and watching those because it was football. I didn't understand. I was a young kid. I mean, I didn't understand the business side of it like I do now. And it, and it just makes me sick to my stomach. Like my wife, my, my kids love watching the NFL. My oldest does in particular. And she's like, you need to take him to a Chiefs game or something. I said, I'm not spending a dime on the NFL. I'm not doing it. If somebody would give me tickets, I would do it, and they're going to have to pay for my parking. And I'm dead serious. Well, and that's that's the mindset I'm talking about. I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I'm not going to give them a dollar. No. I'm not going down there. So even if there's a portion that says, God, I really miss football. I really want to have it back. And, hey, they gave us the Chargers. Let's make this work. We don't want to look bad in their eyes again. I just don't think there's enough that would sell it out. I don't think it would be a runaway hit. So, I mean, I, I just think either. that time has passed. And – the big winners, the Blues were big winners, I think, because some people who were on the fence about hockey had kind of disposable income and maybe decided to get into that. And then the MLS, I think, as a league, it's going to take a while. But I think at some point, and maybe in our lifetime, maybe it's in 30 years, that the MLS, their stock is higher than the NFL because of the injuries and the lawsuits yep. and all the things. Well, I definitely been, think participation in, in the sport of football, it, I don't think, I know. The numbers are way, down, way for sure, down. For sure. It's not to say that you wouldn't have enough people to, that played it or had interest in it. You're always going to have that. 
but to the to the point that all these kids around St. Louis and other cities are playing soccer, and if the competition gets better at the MLS level, which it is, um, and they market it properly here in town, which they will, and they're going to keep it here because they're St. Louisans and they care about the market, I think it's got a chance to be huge in this town. I really do because it's a young person sport. It seems like young people gravitate, for whatever reason, to that sport. You're always going to have the soccer fan. St. Louis is the soccer capital, if you will, of the United States. So there's that already born and bred soccer fan here. But as young people see it and then experience a game, I don't know if you've ever been to a game. It's it's fun. I've it, never been. They're great. I mean, it's a it's a tailgate. Dan it's a party. Dan is not wearing a scarf yet. No, again, not yet. So people know. Um, but I think they're going to be a big fun. winner in all of this. I think the fact that it's downtown and younger people will be attracted. I think that's a win for the city. So long term, the Rams story, I think. That's a big part of the lawsuit is people just want the story told properly so it's not just, oh, St. Louis, you losers, you couldn't keep a team. Right. And it did happen with the Big Red. But I think that's the narrative. Oh, they just didn't go to the games. Too bad, St. Louis. And people people just want the truth being told. I think that's the number one thing. Well, we're very parochial, and we're very proud to be from here, and we kind of take care of our own. And I'm not saying every city doesn't have that feeling, too. There's a lot that do. But when you're in this town, this market, we're very proud of where we're at. And – yeah, you know, it's tough for an outsider to come into St. Louis at times. It, it depends on how they embrace it. We seem to not embrace people sometimes. I do. I, I think it's great when out-of-town out people want to invest in our town. Why wouldn't we help them? But my point is with this is that it, it, it becomes a situation where if you – I've said this from day one. If an owner or a, a group of people that have an interest in this town, if they show just a little bit of love, you're going to get it back 100% from the fans. I mean, 100 times what they give, they're going to get back. And that's the way it was. I, I think one of the, to your point about crowds, I think Randy Carricker had this in one of the notes that he brought. I mean, he's all over it. But 2011, the Cardinals are making that run. There was like a Sunday game against the Rams. The Rams outdrew the Cardinals. And the Rams were awful in 2011, as you pointed out earlier. The, the support was there. And that's the thing I think that really bothers people. It's like, wait a minute, no. This team was supported. At one point, they had the worst five-year run in the history of the league and is still selling out. That that kind of stuff needs to be told, and I don't think it, it has been told. And that's what frustrates a lot of people. Yeah, and I think the Rams would like to say, well, the Dome experience was terrible, the Dome was terrible. And it was not a great football experience. But when you had a really good team, nobody noticed. Dick Vermeil still talks about that first playoff game against the Vikings. He said, I've "Never." And seen Isaac's it. going down and streaking <laughs> up and looking at the the video board, watching himself run and on a waving touchdown. the noodles in the crowd. Yeah. The and he said, "I've never seen anything like it. The loudest place I've ever seen. The building was just fine when the team was good. It's right. true everywhere." And so that narrative also, hey, I agree. It wasn't a great football experience. So the team had to be good for you to be really excited about going down there. And then by the last year and a half. The specter of them leaving caused a lot of people not to go at all. I think that's the main thing is tell the story the way it was told. This is a Rams organization with them off on our station saying we're going to London for you know a couple of games here. And the people are like, whoa, whoa, why are you going to London? Oh, this would be great for everybody. Like, why is it great? Now, I was told, and not by him, but that it was at least twice the revenue for a game they would that's make right. over there. So it made financial sense. But again, just tell the truth and say, listen, this is a big win for us and we can do a little more with that money or whatever. But to say, this is exciting, St. Louis, everybody's like, what? 
Final, why, well, is, why is it exciting? Here's the final question. And as I mentioned before, you're still tied in with some of the folks out in L.A. that were here in St. Louis. And some, yeah, some. less so than ever, but yeah. Um, what do you think the, the end result is with this lawsuit and what happens with all the different things that are pending right now with that? I think there'll be a settlement. And I didn't think early on. I thought it would just get swatted away in the NFL and their powerful lawyers. You that, think that the city of St. Louis, those lawyers are going to settle? I don't know, man. I, I think they want to take this thing maybe to the end. Yeah, I think it's going to be a couple of years. By then, we'll be at the uh, SDN Studios. Yes, we will. And the high-rise downtown St. Louis. Make sure you get a hat when you leave. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I just feel like it'll like these guys, these billionaires, they don't end up in court. They don't end up deposed. I mean, I'd love to see all of that. I just have a feeling there might be a number they get to. And they say, all right, they made them sweat. They pissed them off. And then they, they finally had to write a big check. If Stan has to personally write it. And the league says Stan's going to settle. He'll give you a hundred million. Then they might. The that league could be might on the push. low end. Yeah, I don't know, but I just I do think that it'll be a settlement at some point. But that's going to be a couple more years, I bet. Just drag it out. As a fan, are you sad? Or About are you just not like, having football? Or are you just like, eh, whatever? I'm I'm over it. You know, I'm over it. I'm not sad. I I do miss. The buildup. The thing I loved about the NFL as a sports guy covering it was the buildup. I love the game being Sunday, and that's all we talked about. It went crazy. And on Monday, you'd go, what were they thinking? This is the worst call ever. And then by about Wednesday, you go, who's coming in town? Oh, the Ravens. Oh, they got so-and-so. Wow. And you really had this buildup to who they were going to match up against. And we had a lot of really good shows, I think, like pregame shows, and we would break it down. There's a lot of great people, even like Lovey Smith when he was on the Mike Mart staff would come on our pregame show, you know, an hour plus before the game. In the NFL, nobody's available on a game day. Yeah. And he told me, he said, Martin, I want to get better at doing interviews and being on TV. He knew what he wanted to be. He was a head coach, and part yeah. of it is media. And we had a lot of fun. I mean, traveling. I was thinking of Brian Burwell. You know, it's the five-year anniversary of him passing. We did a lot of shows from the road. So there's still a lot of great memories mixed in there. Yeah. But I'd say, am I over it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night. I'm right. Not, I'm not on. Dan was what? Bitter, slightly bitter. I'm probably ambivalent at this point. I think for the station, it was we lost at least a million dollars a year, Fox 2. Is that right? That's what I was told is loosely the number of the impact. Well, that's the other thing, too. The, the tentacles of an organization in a city, it's not just the pride and the things that go on with it and the fact that you have a team, but the jobs and the charities that they supported that are just gone boom snap of a finger adios yeah and even the players that were here that were involved in charities that were making millions of dollars and then had pet causes not pets but maybe some but had charitable causes they believed in so you lose that base every year that's right of a guy who's on the team that's the quarterback and he makes five million and he gets involved with your charity or the running back makes 10 million he gets involved you lose that i mean and those are the that's things not part that of the I lawsuit miss. but that's part of the disappointment for yeah. sure Hey, this is fun. Did we read some? We did read some mail. Oh, I, I'm i obsessed with the mail, Dan. Let's I had a bunch keep of the mail coming. All right, I had a bunch of emails. I should have done that. But this guy reached out to me on mail and Twitter, and I thought I need to do that one. And <laughs> I did cover a lot of what the questions were that were coming in. So Yeah, no, I think it's a fascinating story. And the fact that there is. It will be told, I think, in full, especially if, if the lawsuit is settled. Then at that point, you say, if you're a reporter, you're saying, and I also said five minutes ago, this is the final thing. But if you're a reporter, you say, well, why did you settle a lawsuit? What was in it and why? You know, And you right. dig it up. And then all of a sudden when that comes up, 
at least for me, I would feel better. I, as a St. Louis guy, if people knew what the hell happened here, that would make me feel much better over the situation. Still doesn't bring football back, but at least it brings some of the pride back in. I don't know if pride's the right word, so I have pride. But, I, you know, just I'm from here. We didn't do anything wrong. It was just saddled with a bad time, bad lease, stupid lease, and a bad owner, the worst in sports. He is the absolute worst, and it was a terrible combination, and unfortunately it happened right here. And I think if you need any more validation, you look over at, at Arsenal and those fans, I tell you, they, they are more upset oh, with Monkey than anybody in the U.S. soil. I mean, they over there, we've had guys on the radio too who are British that follow this closely that are just irate that he owns their team. And again, back to the you know bottom line being the most important thing, it's written about in the London tabloids that like money is tra- taken out of there and sent to Cronky Sports Enterprise or whatever the wording is. Yeah. And they go crazy saying, no, 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 spend, invest in the team. And I know he spends money on the team, but they have to they the have level lot, that a fan wants. They have a lot more angst and anger over Cronky over. So that if you say, no, no, this is not just little old St. Louis feeling sorry for themselves. No, this is a pretty bad arm. Just ask the folks over in London. Hey, this is fun. We'll do it again next week. If if this is the Cliff Clavin, am I? Am I Norm and you're Cliff? Why do I have to be Cliff Clavin? Why can't I be Sam Malone? Yeah, okay, Dan. You know, I mean, welcoming everybody to the Scoops Empire. I'm Sam McLaughlin. (laughs) That's your pseudonym. On the road, I'm going to call the team hotel. Is there a Sam McLaughlin there? There's a lot of of guys on the road have little different names. I want to know what Dan's is. It's Dan McLaughlin. Because nobody's looking for it. No, no one bothers me. I don't get the fight. And... The other Hi, thing is, Cesar Cedeno. Good to see you. A lot of Excuse guys, me? a lot of guys put their, you know, put it on the the phone, but or are listed as a different name. But this day and age, you can just say I don't want any phone calls because the people trying to get a hold of me anyway are calling my cell phone. Oh, it, so that's no, it. No, you're right. You can't get through because doing the Tony talk, many times he's at the hotel with the yeah. Red Sox, and we'd say you know room for yeah, Tony LaRusse. No, but the desk would be like, well, who are you looking for? Room four hundred two or like Tony LaRusse. Uh, hold on, and, I, and he's probably like, "Who is it?" No, man, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> like, hey, pick up. We're, and there were several times I would text him, say, hey, "Answer your phone. We're calling." All right, so, I got one final question. All right, if if I was to ask Tony Larusa, and you're Tony, oh God, see, I walked into this. This is good. And uh, hey, Tony, Tony, how are you? Uh, ask me a little later today. It's kind of a dumb question, Dan. Well, I always ask you anyway, but you and I have been through that. That's Even okay, though I'm Tony. not managing anymore, I'm still obsessed with still how the, same the team way. does. And that's how I'd answer Tony. i go, okay, Tony, well, I'll play the game. Um, you know, I was just talking with Martin Kil- Kilcoin, guy from Channel 2, Scoops with DannyMac.com. Yeah, this is just kind of, a, kind of a dumbass. Go ahead. Um, he was curious, your thoughts. They were just talking about the Rams, and you were around when the Rams had a little success, a little down little ups and downs, some failure. You, you used to mingle with the coaches, some of the players. Um, they're, they're kind of fired up about this Ram situation. What, what do you think? Well, this is a tough call because you know, things, from, things from California eventually go back. So I know that firsthand. But what, wait, Hold on, Tony, but you went to Boston and, and much of your time was, was spent on the East Coast or on the road with the Red Sox. No, Correct I, me I, if I'm wrong. No, I disagree. It, why is that? Because that's the way I want it. Okay. Um, well, well let's, let's get back to the original question. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a tough break. It's a really legit sports town. But uh, sometimes, you know, Dan, what's that phrase that hits happen with a little S inverted? 
yeah, they just it just happened. So I mean, I not really want to pick sides. You know, I'm really more of a Patriots fan. Really, you and Belichick are still that close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did I stutter? What, what kind of things do you have in common? Uh, that's vibrant personalities mm-hmm. more than anything. Lively press conference. I mean, that's, you really need to do your homework. How about if Jim Hayes would interview you uh, on a post game, or if he would have a one-on-one with Bill Belichick? How do you think that would go? Uh, well, I mean, think about Jim. It's really unfair because I didn't like him. But is that right? I thought you guys got along okay. No, but he changed his name to the Cat. So he just did that to get to me because I can't be mean to a cat. Yeah. So I had no choice. How's Arf going? It's great. Thank you. A mm-hmm. lot of great programs. Working the vets. We got a lot of great programs. I get online, arf.net. Um, final question, if I may, Tony. Yes, already over. Um, you're doing a, a podcast. I, I, I heard it a lot this summer with, with Martin Kilcoin. Uh, Two part question, really. Number one, did you enjoy it? And, and your thoughts on how Martin handled it? Uh, well, I just have to say, see here now, I think he's really brilliant. And Is that right? Well, I just, yeah, looking back on it, I got paid. So he was really, <laughs> I just think, underrated, smart guy. You know, to be honest, I don't know why he didn't do what you're doing. I mean, that's, I think he'd be really good. Check's clear for you, Tony? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of great stories. Encourage everybody to check it out. You know, friends of Tony, they talk about all the time. It's, that's so unfair, but I was with Chris Isaac last night. So I'd be How's his hair? Well, it was fantastic. But I think people forget – you know, the deep purple drummer. I mean, that's not token when he comes to the ballpark, man. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't appreciate any sarcasm. Tony and Martin, thank you. Again, I, I just think that's a really talented guy you got. Uh, if you can just hand the microphone back to Martin, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'm probably going to get a text because I'm guessing Tony will be downloading the entire mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're safe. All right. Think, although he would listen, I will say he'd listen to the segments back. Yeah, yeah. And he, he would have see. me email him and say, "What did we cover? Well, I want to write down." So he he didn't want to repeat his stories. I love this. It's fun. I love and I love Tony. All, I've always said the imitation is not that good, and it's all in in good good intentions. Well, if you have a uh, question for Tony, uh, <laughs> Dan at scoops with Danny dot com. I'll bring it up next week. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Dan.